0: G'day and welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life, those in life chat music and more. I'm John Merch and today we're going to dive straight into our feature guests.
1: Charm of Finches, a duo of sisters swirling in the realm of dream folk. Sophomore album, Your Company, hinges on melancholia through a prism of rich-laden harmonies. Sonically global appeal through mature instrumentation. Their latest has been produced and engineered by Nick Huggins. On a recent visit to Adelaide, before taking the stage for a headline show at the Wheat Sheaf Hotel, Mabel and Ivy had a chat.
0: Ladies, welcome to Radio Notes.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank
1: you.
0: What was the kernel of the idea for two sisters like yourself to combine to make a musical venture like Charmer Finch's?
2: Well, I think Ivy and I have just sort of naturally gone into music because we've had quite a musical childhood. A lot of um, folk music around us with our mum doing choirs and our dad loving Bob Dylan and playing that in the background of our childhood and also going to Steiner School in which we sang from a very young age in class. I think in grade one we both started singing in class and then we eventually started singing together. And our first sort of band, I guess, was with a friend of ours and we did three-part harmony songs from the Appalachian Mountains, a lot of songs from Oh Brother Where Art Thou, that soundtrack, if you know of that. That's kind of where we started singing and performing first, but then when I was... 12 I picked up the guitar, taught myself, wrote my first song and then Ivy had developed quite a skill for harmonies (laughs) (laughs) and um, put harmonies to my songs and I just started writing heaps. It was kind of, yeah, an obsession after that, after that first song I just wrote heaps of songs and ivy put harmonies and that's kind of where it sort of began
0: you mentioned steiner music Uh, a lot of our guests that i've had have done steiner and i believe that you need to choose an instrument what instrument did you choose
2: i uh, chose the violin and mabel chose the cello in year three yeah we also played recorder from year one through to year year six Uh, and sang a lot of folk songs in class played in orchestras and so yeah, we still play violin and cello, and they are on the album a lot.
0: Which of those instruments were you enjoying playing at in year one, two, and three?
2: I've actually picked up the violin earlier than yeah, was... so I picked it up in year two because
1: <laughs> she I was think, so keen.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> I think um, it's quite a hard instrument to play, so it's hard. I feel like it's it's hard to feel good about your playing early on because it takes a lot of practice to actually make a nice sound (laughs) so yeah there's definitely that stage of um having your parents you know on your back going you need to practice every day but once you get past that certain difficult stage and you kind of have all the basics underway it's quite enjoyable after that Mm. and then you can get a bit more experimental and focus on making a beautiful sound
0: What was it that was inspiring you through the conversations, encouragements from the parents in those earlier years?
2: Hmm. I think it was kind of a natural thing. And I think Ivy and I have um, sung with our mum for quite a long time. Since we were young, we still sometimes get her up on stage and sing a three-part harmony song with her. Oh, that's right, she had a choir when we were in primary school and they used to sing in the playground while we were all playing. I think harmony singing was around us from very young. Just having that in the background, I think, was enough to kind of get us interested in harmony singing.
0: There's also the sibling factor that we've had siblings before, like Angus and Julia Stone, Rufus and Martha, uh, the Ackfields, they're a sibling duo as well. Do you think being that, sibling duos made some difference
2: Our harmonies really glue together and it sometimes sound like we're it's one voice. Mm. Which I think is true and maybe something about growing up together and kind of being in each other's lives a lot I guess (laughs) is we kind of can mesh quite well, communicate on stage quite well without I guess verbally saying anything or like, would you agree? Yes. As a band like we're doing it all together, we're making this project together and we have to kind of be in sync with each other and I, hel- I think it helps a lot when it's someone that you're in a family with because they're, I guess, with family, you it's okay to have little fights and stuff mm. whereas with friends maybe it's, you know, a little bit more mm. risky. It's <laughs> definitely easy to tell tell Mabel that she's written a pretty bad song. <laughs> we can be honest with each other. Yes, and Definitely that's okay.
0: (laughs) Ivy, a lot of the narrative through this record seems to be from back when you were 14. Can you give us an idea of what was going on?
2: Yeah, so a lot of the songs on the album, the new album, Your Company, came out of quite a difficult time in our lives, both of our lives, and when my best friend passed away at the age of 14. And I think... It took me a while to deal with that and process it and songwriting was my way of processing it. You, When writing a song, you uh, kind of express things that you might not express in conversation and, yeah, it's definitely a lot easier to say everything you need to say or express everything that you need to say, yeah. Mm. I think the album as a whole has sort of been a sort of healing process i guess Mm. for that and it's also been a nice way to maybe share with other people some things that don't get talked about that much um and people don't often have conversations about grief but it's something like death is something that we're all going to experience eventually and i think it's a nice way to express that through music because music can often have such a healing quality i guess
0: did that give you a sense of urgency to do what you can now?
2: Hmm, Tricky question. I haven't really thought about that before. Um, I, I think I definitely think about that and it, it definitely makes you make the most of every day when you've, when you've experienced something like that.
0: The first track on the album, does that give us a sense of locale of what was happening at the time?
2: Yeah, well that that track, the bridge, you know, um, came from uh, when Ivy and I went on a holiday just before Christmas and it was a year after our friend had passed away. We'd gone on this walk across this bridge and came across some young people who looked pretty sad and there were flowers on the bridge and we found out that they'd had a party and um, one of their friends had jumped off this bridge for fun and um unfortunately didn't make it. I guess that stayed with Ivy and I for the rest of that day and yeah, I think it was pretty poignant because of our friend and we kind of felt like we'd had a similar experience to these people and um that kind of opened up this songwriting about grief i guess
0: did that make you feel less lonely at that point that the experience that you had the year previous was not isolated in some regard and that there was an avenue for expression
2: yeah i i think so i mean yeah it's kind of freeing to be able to tell a story that maybe isn't your own story but is someone else's it's like i guess writing a song in third person is easier than maybe in first person because it's not directly... It doesn't feel like it's directly you. You can kind of have a, a little bit of distance from it. Um, and maybe that's the case with that song. And that was one of the more early songs that we wrote about grief. As time went on, we've written more direct songs about grief. Such like as her quiet, quiet footsteps. footsteps. Yeah. yeah.
0: Has grief changed you?
2: It changes... Depending on the person, but I feel like overall, generally sadder. <laughs> um, I think I feel like it made me mature a lot earlier because yeah. I'd experienced something that was pretty full on and hard to deal with. So I had I had to actually deal with it. Like mm. yeah, yeah, something really difficult anyone, um, let alone someone at the age of 14.
0: From there, the album moves into Lies, which is a kind of feature track that I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, looks at things like social media.
2: We and a lot of a lot of people who use social media might um, sometimes feel a bit crap when they um, go through their feed and see a lot of people portraying their lives as perfect I guess and really beautiful and having an amazing time that can often affect how you're feeling mm. your self-esteem it's something that we've struggled with as teenagers growing up with social media mm. um, and I think a lot of people that we know so yeah that's kind of the basis around the that
0: curation of image and there's people like Jesse Stevens of Mamma Mia who believe there should be more grief that's betrayed within those posts but then obviously we'll get the car crash element of that as well how do you think social social media could improve
2: that's a tricky question i i don't know i i think social media in its very nature is quite toxic um i mean there are good things and bad things people have used social media to connect with people that maybe they wouldn't otherwise be able to connect with because of distance maybe or finding a group of people that they resonate with but I think it's also created a culture of narcissism that I that kind of brings out the worst in people that I've seen I think it's easy to get dragged into <laughs> especially when it's such a trend
0: as singer-songwriters who need to use social media to promote your album your music what you're doing to sometimes every couple of days for some artists it feels like how do you find that
2: balance? It's sometimes gets a bit too much, maybe. You've definitely got to um, have a balance and make sure that you're pouring more effort into your creativity and your, crea- your creating of art and, mu- and music over the promotional side. Still along those
0: lines, how about that of image and how you portray yourself on social media?
2: I think our image is kind of part of our band. We've kind yeah. of created a, as part of our band and Looks part hand of in hand, Yeah, yeah, and we've got I guess it's a bit artistic, you might call it. So it's kind of part of the art and I think it's good <laughs> to make yeah. it part of the art like all of our photographs for the album they're all quite pre-raphaelite and dark and moody but also beautiful which kind of echoes the music on the album. So yeah, I I think making it Go with the art as much as possible and have it serve the art is the most important thing. All you want to do is share your art with as many people as possible to, I guess, yeah, share it with the world. I think that's what it's all about.
0: Let's talk about Film Clip and that of Lies. I'm going to share a quick story because above my pianola uh, there is a large poster of Magic Dirt signed by Adelita. You got to work with her on your film
2: clip. Yeah, well we first met Adelita, I think it was 2015 when we won a competition that Claire Bowditch was running for her Winter Secrets tour. She got people to cover her songs and picked people to come and perform them at her tour and we did a cover of one of her songs, I Thought you thought You Were God, and she picked us to perform at the Corner Hotel with her. Um, Adelita was supporting her at that show and we met her then and we thought she was awesome and then later on I think maybe a year or two later I did a songwriting mentorship with her through The Push. Yeah, we just got along really well and kind of became friends and she also has a hobby of taking photos and doing films and she was like, why don't we make a film clip together? So Mm -hmm. we've made three film clips with her now. We work really well together creatively so I think we have pretty similar ideas of what we want it to look like and she really just gets it I think. Yeah Yeah. and she's also really passionate about our music and about working with us and our vision and everything and it's just we're all really into it and that's what makes it so great and fun.
0: Not speaking on her behalf but with speaking with her did the issue of grief come up
2: um i think probably in the conceptualizing the video of the bridge which is about grief and it's sort of a a metaphorical yeah. take on the whole situation we talked about how that how the story which could symbolize could symbolize yeah. what actually happens in the song because we didn't want obviously a true retelling of what happened it was a sort of an I guess you could call it like an allegorical or mythological sort of telling mm. of that this is the bridge film clip I guess the idea behind that was that Ivy and I in that film are kind of serving as like we're kind of like nymphs of the lake and we filmed it at this gorgeous lake called like Elizabeth out near Kolak. We were kind of, yeah, the weavers of fate. And maybe you could reference like the Norns. There's the three Norns in Norse mythology, who weave the fate of everyone on earth. And so that was kind of a little bit of the idea behind that. We were sort of leading these young people who were just walking through their lives, per se, to whatever their fate would go to
0: now if we go to the album your company that bridge so to speak across the album what kind of readings were you doing readings that were referenced whilst you were doing this record
2: oh that's a good question um i was doing literature around the time of some of the songs being written and um i'd written I'd, I'd read a book called Kitchen by Banana Yoshimoto, who's a young Japanese author. And it's a book about grief and, and love and loss. And we used that as a starting point for one of our songs called In the Gloaming, where we chose a page and took our favourite phrases from the book because it's quite poetic.
0: This is the middle of the air kind of one, a kind of Paul
2: Kelly-esque yeah, that's another s- reference in there mm. as well. When my best friend was quite ill, I was also in a Steiner class and she, we had all grown up together and we uh, learnt this song, the Paul Kelly song, Meet Me in the Middle of the Air. We sang it all in harmony just before she died while she was in the hospice, so yeah it it was it's quite a special song, I think um yeah, in the gloaming, the song in the gloaming on the album. Mm. Um, that little passage Paul Kelly uses is actually it's originally a passage from the Bible, yeah, um which is quite interesting, and I think it just said kind of exactly what we wanted it to say mm. for the song
0: and as you said, that song also had a connection to a Japanese book, some writings within that
2: just two things that were sort of in our minds when we were writing that song a lot of these sort of references that end up coming into the songs that we write are quite subconscious except for maybe kitchen which was us using that book as a sort of launching pad for the song but I often find after writing songs I realize that All these things that are in my life have just come into the song and I didn't even intend for that to happen. And sometimes they bring up new meaning once you realise the outside influence of them.
0: Do you find happiness in this kind of songwriting environment?
2: I think maybe release is a good word that I'd use. Songwriting is a great way to process things that would otherwise remain in your head.
0: What concerns me about the songwriting process is that you need to then do it again and again live. Is there a sense of catharsisness about performing it again and again?
2: I think after that point, once you have quite a bit of distance, like I guess once the time lapses from when you first wrote the song, it becomes a just a snapshot in time from your life that you're sharing with other people. For me, I guess, has less of a direct like emotional effect on me that being said we're still like I often still feel quite sad performing some of the songs that we've written about our friend um but yeah I think it's a I would call it a healthy way of definitely um processing something like that and I think part of that is maybe because our songs while the content is quite heavy we tried to keep the songs in themselves quite light and beautiful and kind of transform something that's really tragic into something beautiful which is maybe helpful in the healing process.
0: The friend would have had friends and family what has their response been?
2: Yeah, I think it's just, well this is just my point of view but I think it may have shown them that there are multiple ways of dealing with grief I guess. Uh, Our friend's mother actually really loves coming to our gigs. She's one of um, our most frequent (laughs) followers of our music and our gigs and comes to so many and she loves hearing these songs. Maybe it's because of that. Music is a nice way to heal from something like that.
0: And and that's how music over the years has played a a vital role in, in healing as well. Let me ask the question... What's the next single off this album?
2: Oh, um, no singles because this the album itself is out, so and people can listen to any song they like. We have talk of releasing videos for some of them. Yeah. Maybe good luck on your own. This is the one time that we've done a co-write and um Kean Bennett is our friend who we met at a music camp that we have been going to for quite a number of years. It's a family music camp. Kean is also a big fan of Sufjan Stevens, who's an American singer-songwriter who Ivy and I really love, mm. and one of our probably one of our main influences yeah. in terms of songwriting and music. And so we had this shared love of Sufjan Stevens, and we loved playing those songs together. And we thought, why don't we get together and we write a song together? Because we're both songwriters too, and Kean writes amazing songs. So we got together, he came over to our house and we wrote this song in one afternoon in my bedroom and then recorded it, pretty much all of it in that afternoon in my bedroom with our equipment and then listened to it later and we are like, hey, this is a pretty good song. We could just put this on the album.
0: <laughs> Your company, so is that about platonic relationships?
2: I think it's about all sorts of relationships and friendships. The song is song about gratitude for the people that we find really important and special in our lives. When we wrote this song, we dedicated a verse to each different person that we really appreciate. That's kind of how it's all put together. Partners or friends or lost friends. It's a bit of a thank you song. By
0: having it as last on the album, that being the track Your Company... Is it in a way saying for all the grief you've been through on this record, there are a group of people that can come together and make it all right?
2: Yeah. I guess that yeah. is a it's up to it interpretation nice really. to put it though. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. It also is a thank you for everyone who has listened to the album. The end of the song has a bridge in it where we thank the audience and the listener thank you for listening and um and an appreciation for the company of others i guess ultimately that's what the album's all about appreciating someone's company whether it was the company that you once had or the company that you have at the moment
0: well hey hey this is jeremy neal and i'm coming up on radio notes talk all about life and my new album we were trying to make it out. Our feature guest today on Radio Notes is Charmer Finchers. They are currently speaking to us at time of record at the back of the Wheat Shiff Hotel as part of an extensive tour for their record. So what has the on-the-road experience been like?
2: It's, I think it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of long drives on tour and um, it's often us and our mother, who is also our manager. One of the pastimes that we have is singing in the car along to our favourite records. There's a lot of long car drives that are good for listening to whole albums and getting to know songs, which is really, really fun.
0: What are some of those albums that are getting full listens in the car during those travels?
2: Mm. Well, I think especially doing a lot of folk festivals around Australia, we get to know a lot of Australian artists. Some of our most favourite artists are Australian, so Mm. people like Dan Parsons, who's a Melbourne singer-songwriter who is, like, just an amazing songwriter, is such an inspiration for us. The Maze, who are another Melbourne sister duo. We also love Aldous Harding, who's actually New Zealand. She's great. And, of course, First Aid Kit, who was... They were our original... Inspiration, yeah. I guess, or one They're of them, the Swedish sisters.
0: What is it about the first aid kit that grabbed you back then?
2: Um, I think it was all well, as a 14 year old who was writing songs, and I discovered them and I realized that they were so young when they released their first album. I think they were 16, one of them was 16 or something like that, and I was like, wow, they were so young, and maybe that means I could do that too. And it really, like, Made me realise that I could put my music out there And also the sister thing And their awesome harmonies Ivy and I, at the beginning When we were 14 and 11 Started busking down the road Where our dad worked at this veggie shop And we'd busk the whole catalogue of first aid kit (laughs)
0: Talk to us about the veggie shop experience
2: Well, it was a good place to busk Because people would go in and they'd have their change and as they'd walk out they'd hear us and throw us their change which was handy Mm -hmm. and they always used to turn their music down when we were busking out the front which was very nice. We were regulars down there. A good way to practice and get really good at just being confident in public performing. Good way to start music.
0: What are some of the best road stories that you can share with us?
2: We I think we've done a lot of composing songs and harmony parts in the car trips especially with our mum when we're going to a folk festival and we go hey why don't we get our mum up for one of the songs because folk festivals they love that we'll pick a song and we'll work out all the harmonies in the car get a great chance to just listen to the song over and over again. Basically just have a band practice in the car
0: The theme of the current record is grief and loss. What will the theme of the next record be?
2: That is good question very good question and one that I'm not sure I have the answer for. I, um, yeah. We're still sort of writing sad songs, hmm. aren't we? I feel like you you can't really get enough of using music as a way to process and I don't think it really ever goes away the that feeling of needing to deal with your grief or overcome it. So I think it's a long, ongoing process Yeah, there Not will probably be a couple more on the, ab- on the next album, maybe But we'll see yeah. Who knows?
0: Yeah, You've got a number of festivals coming up Which ones are you looking forward to?
2: Well, we're going to Signet Folk Festival That's in January, so That'll yep. be heaps of fun And then Nanup No, first before that, we're going to um, In between Nanup and Signet We're going to uh, New Orleans for Folk Alliance International conference which will be amazing so february end of february we'll be in nanup at nanup Is in western australia small. yes never been to western australia so that'll be fun it'll be amazing an adventure yep.
0: what else are you going to do in the u.s in the states go to disneyland
2: <laughs> um we're going to a, I guess a fan it has welcomed us to their Retreat, I guess it's a songwriter's retreat normally, but she's let us stay there for a few days and she's going to show us around. Yeah, It's on a farm yeah. in Louisiana, which will be really fun. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a short stay this Ten time. Ten days, yeah. But hopefully we'll get over there some other time. What do
0: you want the listener to get from listening to your record?
2: The theme of the record is about processing loss and grief. It's something that it's nice to express through song hopefully listeners can relate to the songs that we're singing in their own way, have access to feeling emotions that music evokes in a nice way.
0: Ivy and Mabel, thanks for your time.
2: Thank you. for having
1: us. Mabel and Ivy of Charm of Finches. Latest album is your company. They can be found online at charmoffinchesband.com.
0: exceptionally talented drummer as well like he just had amazing feel and groove so within a moment he'd sort of like it was a um gibson les paul and yeah just does this amazing little blue like blues riff and like he's just a kid but he just had amazing and a young adult obviously you know 20 21 but incredibly talented and same with drums like he's a was an exceptional drummer and he used to jam with a mate called stephanie'd He'd have his mate Stefan over and they just record all oh, every night. Next time, Bill Tolson speaking about his late son's music as well as his own as a singer-songwriter. Thanks very much to our feature guest for today's show, Charm of Finchers.
1: Radionotespodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Merch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia.